Good morning, good morning, good morning. It's November 13th. We back another Monday, the Man and Man Pod. I'm yours truly, Antoine Bethay. What it do, what it do? My guy, D-Butt, he's pulling up to the Thunderdome, so he's going to be joining us um, soon. Hope everybody had a good weekend. I know I did. Um, had my last weekend in the booth with the HBCU GO team, man. Um, we're going to talk about that. You know, obviously, it's Monday, man. We had a um, good weekend of football, college football yesterday. We had some NFL, man. Had a lot of really, really good games, um, some tough games, some surprising wins that we're going to touch on. Um, and obviously, it's always in the comments section, man. Please leave your comments, man, so we can interact throughout the show. But we're in for a good one. Again, we missed last week, man. My little man, he broke his leg. Um, start the morning off, <laughs> obviously, on a, on a good note. Um, he broke his, uh, he fractured his tibia, man, but little man's doing good. So happy to be back with you guys this week, man. Again, a lot to talk about, a lot to talk about. So again, we'll see you on the other side. What it do? We back. We back. Um, again, I just mentioned, man, I just had my last weekend in the booth. Um, last weekend in the booth. Uh, HBCU Go TV. I was um, the color analyst this year, and we was across um, Division II HBCU um, schools. And that was the SWAC and the CIAA. And... Um, you know, just to really touch on just my experience before D Bud jumps in here, we can just you know touch on the on the um, on the games, man. But it was a, a hell of a experience, man. Just from from game one to game eleven, man. Just how much um, I learned, how much I grew, and obviously, you know, every time you step into a new endeavor, man, that's that's at the end of the day, that's what you know, that's what it is. Just to be able to see growth from start to finish, man. And I definitely saw that. Um, much respect to the guys in the booth. Obviously, the production crew, the people that's um, that you don't see on camera, but you know, if they're not there, you know, you don't have a show. So learned a lot about that as well, just the graphics and just how things go. Um, you know, and every second counts, every second counts, man. So that shit was tough, man. It wasn't, it wasn't easy. Um, I, I enjoyed it just being able to be back in the space, um, just in a different view. Um, you know, still having to, you know, study. Um, study the team, study the coaches, study the players, and being able to articulate the game to the viewers and the, you know, um, and the listeners, man. So again, it was a good year one, one um, one year in the books, man. So we're gonna see what next year looks like. And you know, talking about the division two, we got the uh, division two bracket right here. And again, two of the teams that we were able to cover um, made the uh, the division two tournament. Uh, Benedict. Coming in at a number one seed, Benedict. Uh, they were undefeated last year in the regular season. They went undefeated again this year, man. So, um, so Coach Barry, man, Tennis Barry, man, he's doing a, a magnificent job over there at Benedict. Benedict is in Columbia, South Carolina, 
and he's doing a magnificent job, man. Just, you know, he talks about, you know, he wants to go one and oh every week or every day. Basically, that's that's win the day. Win the day. Now we can we can attribute that to life as well. Just get better every day, just win every day. So Benedict, number one seed, man. Um, you know, got a first week by. So, you know, good luck to Coach Barry and um and the Benedict Tigers. And then also Virginia Union. And again, Benedict, they were the C, the SIAC, um, SIAC champions. And again, excuse me, I was wrong. It was the CIAA and the SIAC I worked. I played in the MEAC, so excuse me for that. But Virginia Union, uh, they were the CIAA champions this year. Um, and as you can see, they have Cutstown. So Virginia Union, man, they got a, a really good team, really good defense. Um, they got a running back, Jada Byers, man. Y'all just keep your eyes and ears open um, to that. Jada Byers, he's a he's a dog. Um, you know, last year had a bunch of touchdowns. This year had a bunch of touchdowns. He might be the Virginia Union all-time leading rusher um, at the school. So, again, those two teams we covered, um, the HBCU go, uh, team did, Benedict and Virginia Union. Um, they're in the Division II um, tournament this year. So, again, man. Um, good luck to them. Coach uh, Coach Parker is the head coach. Dr. Coach uh, Alvin Parker is the head coach at um, at Virginia Union, man. So, again, um, good times, man. It was good times. And, um, again, definitely learned a lot about myself not being in the helmet and shoulder pads. That was, um, you know, good, good, good moments, man. Good moments. Again, hope everybody had a great weekend. Um, we definitely going to touch on some things, man. Lil Ray said the Niners are finally back. They had a little a little lull there in the middle of the season, losing three straight. <clears throat> but they were able to um, get a couple of their big dogs back in the lineup. And obviously, we can see that. Helped them out a ton yesterday. Um, going down there in Duval, we're gonna touch on um, we're gonna touch on that once my sidekick, my guy D Butt, jumps um, jumps in the chat. Um, we can talk some basketball though. This is what I want to talk about. We're gonna start off with some basketball. Um, James Harden, James Harden. For those that you know. You're watching, you know, the NBA season. Uh, I'm not caught up on too many games, but, you know, I, I've, I've, I've watched a couple games. Um, and this this story is interesting, right? So I think it's interesting on, on, a, on a different, on a few different, you know, points, right? So we talk about just the, the player in itself, James Harden, and, you know, past years he's just been a, you know, prolific score. He can get to the he can he can get buckets, right? And that's the thing. That's what we we like about his game. He can get buckets, but it's some things that comes with it that I would say, you know, a lot of people really don't, you know, rub rub rubs people the wrong way, right? Starts out in OKC, um, goes to Houston, uh, goes to Philly, Brooklyn. Uh, and now he's with the Clippers, right? And along the way, it's like, okay, like, what is it? Like, is it him? Is it, 
you know, maybe the system, is it a team, is it the coaches? When he was in Philly, it was the owner. He didn't like, you know, what the owner had said to him, whatever the case may be. But now it's like, okay, he's in he's in LA with some with some more dogs, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. So you look at the three of them and you think like, like, damn, like, you know, you got these three guys on the same team. Again, everybody can get buckets at any given point of the night. Anybody can probably score 30 between the three. Um, but you look at the you look at him playing on the court, man, and it shit it looks bad. Like honestly, it, it doesn't look good. Um, in reports, you know how that goes. You know, you know you don't know who's reporting it, who's saying it, saying that he's not um filling the situation over there um in LA. And it's like, okay, now you take a step back and like, okay, well, what is it right now? Like, and I always, I'm a type of person, it's like, okay, look at the situation. Situation one, two, three, four, five. And the common denominator in each situation is James Harden. And again, like I said, like he's a, not right now, but in the past, he's been a dog. When you talk about being able to put the ball in the bucket, my guy, he can put the ball in the bucket. Um, <laughs> shout out to uh, um, I forgot the uh the Dallas announcer, but he went on he went in on James Harden, and he was like basically saying the same thing, like you know, like the couple places that you stopped, man, it's, it's it's been something, you know what I mean? Something's been the the issue, has been the problem, whether it's again the coaches, it's the owner, it's whatever the case may be, but. You know, as as growing ups, as adults, man, at times we got to slow down and look in the look in the mirror and be like, shit, like it could it could put potentially it could be me. I could be the problem. You know what I mean? Regardless of what I'm doing on the court, like my attitude in the locker room, the way I, um, I'm a big energy person. So like, you know, if I if I walk in the room, man, I want the energy to change. I want it to change in a positive way. Vice versa, you know, if somebody walk in the room and my damn stomach start to hurt and get tight and shit, and like, all right, man, let me. I had to watch out for, for 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 my man or shorty or whatever the case may be. So again, like and especially when you are a top player like that, like you you have to bring something to the to the table, right? More than just AI. Hey, give me the ball. I'm put. I'm gonna put the ball in the bucket. You, you look at MJ, right? MJ seemed like was an asshole, right? But what he was bringing to the table was like he was holding everybody accountable, right? Shit, I'm the best player and I'm working the hardest. So you got to come, you got to come with me. You know what I'm saying? Again, like you look at LeBron, LeBron is, you know, he's a, a team player. He's going to make sure everybody around him is better. You got Kobe with mama mentality. Like, yo, if you ain't coming to fucking work, the, the, the work, then yo, get out the gym. Like with James, it's just, I don't see that. I don't see that. You got my man D butter in here. In the Thunderdome, what it do, bruh? Yo, 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 what's happening? Good morning, good morning, good morning. It's uh, it is what it is. Monday, I believe. I think we might Man, be we past, we might be past the overreaction more, and it's a good. I guess it's a good place to start with. It is what it is with your boy. Uh, I remember you were a big, 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 big fan. You know, saying hey, him and MB was going. Hold on, hold on. I wasn't a big. I it was nah, not. Nah, hold on. They might run off a couple chips. I don't know. We see this is Shaq and Kobe. Hey. Man, oh, oh, I remember. I, I remember all, all that. All that and, shit. And, but. and I'm a, and I'm gonna stand on that. Like again, when when he went to Philly, 
with with MB. I'm like, well, damn, that's a hell of a one-two punch. Shoot, James Hall can put the ball in the bucket at any time. You got MB, one of the, the best big men in the league, and then you know, you got some guys around him. Coach, hey, you know, you can say what we want to say about the coach, but it's 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 ugly right now, and I just hate when it happens to to players who still have the potential to be good, right? And I'm not going to talk about his work ethic because I don't know what that looks like. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I can see how the, the body frame be. I know somebody that – I know that that looks a little different. But to see what it's seen, and obviously we got, you know, social media and all, you know, all the cameras, man. I sh- shit just don't – it don't look good, man. Yeah, I, I, I blame I blame whoever pulled that trigger on trading him. Trading for him again at this point, especially when you have – Excuse me, and uh, I would assume it's the owner Balmer, but especially when you have Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, um, Russ, uh, and now you know, and James Hart, like you said, he got the talent. He's been a, a an all time great player in the league. Uh, I just don't know. I just don't see it right now. Walking to the locker room, I think I, I'm pretty sure you probably saw the clip when he first walked in, dapped up Russ, man over there in the corner on the phone, like. I think it was uh, it might have been Terrence Mann, but just kind of like man, yeah, look at this shit, man. But yeah, he he over there throwing some stank in that in that Clippers rotation. And on on the flip side of that, Maxi Maxi just dropped a fifty piece out there in Philly, and I believe Philly right now is the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. So sometimes it's a di- addition by subtraction, especially when you right. have a player who you know dominates the ball so much. But we'll we'll, we'll see what's next for uh, for James Harden at some point. Um, you know. He done played with, he done paired up with so many different players, so many different situations. It's always somebody else. But like you said, sometimes at some point you got to look in that mirror and say, hey, it might, it might, it might, it, I might have something to do with this, man. But um, I don't think the Clippers going to make any noise this year. Um, I mean, it's a lot, a lot of time left in the NBA season. But uh, what's next for you guy? Who knows? Yeah, we're going to see. We are going to see. Um, shit. Next up, man, we're gonna jump into this to the to Sunday. Um, we got this week ten recap. Obviously, we got some very very important games we're gonna touch on, but we're gonna run through some of these games, man. Touch on some things so we can have some more time on the back end and Mm -hmm. talk on some of these um important games that we had. Um, um, yesterday we're gonna start off with our coach who kicked the kicked the day off yesterday in Germany, mm-hmm. uh, playing against a a longtime rival, one of your former teams, the uh, New England Patriots. And obviously, we're gonna spend some time here. Um, our Indianapolis Colts was able to get a win, an ugly win, but yep. who cares what they look like as long as we get being able to get the dub. Right. Um, led by Gardner Minshew, coach got a 10 6 win. Um, you know, JT's getting back into to the fold. Um, again, it was it was it was ugly all around. I feel as feel as though you know, being able to get these wins and being able to get back on that plane, that nine hour flight or whatever it was, and you know, say, look, man, we was able to get a dub. It wasn't what we wanted to what it to look like, but when we go back in the film room, shit, we making these corrections with a dub. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the coach, man, that's that's. You know, that's that's what they need because, you know, Jacksonville, uh, big loss yesterday. Houston Texans, you know, they're looking good. We obviously want to talk about them and C.J. Stroud. But 
they got to get this, keep this train, train going, man. As far as the coach, bro, like what you, what did you, what you, what did you like? What didn't you like? Man, I, I like the fact that we won. That's pretty much it from, from this game. Obviously, we we and held the Patriots for six. I mean, that's a good note. Hope. Held held the Patriots for six. Um. Oh, that's the that's the bigger conversation coming out of this game. What's next in New England? Um, obviously, me and you've been around for a long, long time. I spent some time in New England. You spent a lot of time with them, kind of being like your top rival. I would assume over in that AFC, everyone from the outside looking in couldn't wait to see those Colts Patriot battles. Obviously, you know, two years of pretty much dominance, but now what two and eight at this point? Uh, Mac Jones looked terrible again. Uh, Bailey Zappi came in and. That was probably the worst play of of the Sunday slate. Tim starting it off with the the fake spike, uh, <laughs> just threw it into a, a team meeting for the game. Uh, that was wild. But um, you, you saw Bob Kraft. You see, you know, all the rumors and talks about Belichick potentially being fired mid season after this season. I don't think he'll be fired during this season. But I do think now with how things are going, um. I didn't think I would say this this season, but I can see them definitely parting ways after this season. But um, as you mentioned, that long flight is great to get a win, regardless of how they come. Uh, as a defense, I know they're feeling good, you know, getting a, a, a win when you only held the team to six points. Um, but, you know, offensively, we've been scoring 20 points a game all year long. This is the first game we didn't. Um, but we got the dub. That's all that matters, especially at this point in the season. So huge win for us, especially with the – Titans and the Jags losing um, yesterday. Obviously, Houston found a way to get a win, but um, I like, I like, I, I don't mind where we at right now, especially with the injuries. Obviously, our top quarterback got another win. That was uh, that was big. It was ugly, but I will take it. No, nah, that's a fact. New England, man. Um, I'm I'm right there with you. I think it's uh, it might be that time. Uh, I definitely don't think they'll, you know, as as much as you know, Bill has meant to that organization and what he's done. I think they'll give him that respect to uh, walk away. Uh, but, yeah, it's ugly over there. Uh, you've seen Coach and, you know, Mac Jones on the sideline, and, you know, he getting the air full. Mm -hmm. uh, backup quarterback coming. Man, I guess he like, shit, I ain't got shit to lose. Like, you know, it's either going to be hero or, hey, we was going to catch this L anyway. So that fake spike, and like you say, he just threw it up. What that was. You know, old school game. I don't know what y'all used to call it, jackpot, but you know, you got somebody down there throwing a rock. Murder ball. And, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, man, that was that was a that was an ugly one, but a, a good win, good win for our coach. Absolutely. And shoot, like you said, we'll we'll fly through some of these other scores because we're gonna talk about some of the bigger games. Cardinals got a win in Kyler Murray's return. Uh he made some big plays and put his team in position to get that win. It was good to see him back. Back healthy, too, running around, making throws, making runs, got his team back in the winning uh, category. Their former starting quarterback, Josh Dobbs, out there in Minnesota, uh, putting on right now. Uh, another win, 27-19 over the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans, New Orleans Saints lost their starting quarterback for this game, Derek Carr, I believe, concussion in the shoulder. They have a bye week. Jameis Winston came in and finished, um, so we'll see. What's gonna be the status there? But that's a hey, that's a big win in, in a crazy situation for Josh Dobbs out there in Minnesota. Fact. So I got a question for you, right? So um obviously Kirk Cousins out, you know, um season with a torn Achilles. Josh Dobbs comes in, you know, obviously last week what he did, just coming in, not knowing shit and being able to pull out a win. And then this this week, you know, having a week, you know, um in the building, 
mm-hmm. being able to have another um, good week. If he continues to play like this, could he be the quarterback for the future for the Vikings? Nah, I don't think for the Vikings. I think uh, I think Kirk. I think they'll probably figure something out there. I know he's on a one year deal, Mister March. You know he's gonna bet on himself. Uh, maybe he'll be the, the the player to be there until Kirk gets back. But uh, Kirk Kirk Cousins was playing good football this year. I think uh, there was some other things going on, and obviously they were figuring out what was going on defensively. I felt like they were getting better there as well. Uh, but for them to kind of start winning some games, I, I I hated to see him go down. Obviously, shoot, Josh Dobbs has, has won a couple. Uh, in his absence, but I think Kirk will still be uh, their starting guy there. I still think Josh Dobbs is viewed as, you know, maybe a bridge quarterback, maybe somebody that can come in and start a few games. But look, we know we all write our own book. So if this dude continues to uh, ascend like he, it seems like he's doing, um, you know, who knows, you know, what that story looks like for Josh Dobbs. But um, I think as of right now, I think the Vikings would, would, would love to have Kirk Cousins back uh, as their starting quarterback next season. My opinion. Shit. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> shit, I just, you know, you, you never know. You never know what the McKinley hey. is, man. You see, you see A-Rod, he out there. I don't know what he doing. He he cheat. He, he cheat. He out there changing the game. <laughs> but, again, you just don't know what the kill is. But, again, shout out to Josh Dobbs, man, taking advantage of opportunity. We always yeah. talk about, you know, when the opportunity is presented, be ready when your name and number is called. And he's mm-hmm. he's definitely doing that. Um, next, man, we got the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Got Say it again. Him, that's what they call him now, the pastronaut. The pastronaut. Yeah, you know you're right. Like NASA came up with that. Shout out to NASA. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, 2319. Grinding it out and finding ways to win. This is a, a, a team led by Mike Tomlin, man. That you know, you put up some stats and be like, you know, it's no way they should have six wins this year, but they do. Um, and again, being able to get a, a big time win. Shout out to P2, man. P2 had a block kick, had a tip uh, for a big interception, man. So the OG out there, man, still getting it done. Hey, them jerseys hard too. Jerseys with with the block with the block numbers. Uh, tough, tough Steelers jersey. And like you said, shout out to Pete, too. He, he's, uh, you know, had some up and down games this year. But he, big game yesterday. Had to had the tip that led to an interception in the end zone. As you mentioned, a block um, block field goal. Shout out to Pete, too, man. I think year 13 no, still doing it at a high level. At the cornerback position. So, you yeah. know, these young boys, they coming in stronger, faster. So, uh, being out there on that edge at year 13 is not easy. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Yeah. Um, shit, Cowboys and Giants. It was a ugly one for the Giants, man. Um, Cowboys did what they were supposed to do, uh, win the game that you're supposed to win, especially mm-hmm. in the division. Um, puts them, you know, uh, in a you know situation closer, getting closer to Philly. 49-17, Dak looked good. Um, shit, everybody yeah. look good. CD look, look good, yeah, yeah. Out there. <laughs> Cooks look good out there. Like everybody look good. Gallup, uh, makes some plays. Yeah, so like I said, Dallas, you, you, they did what they were supposed to do. Beat up on a bad team. Um, for the Giants, uh, third string quarterback. Uh, where, where do the Giants go from here? And I, I was looking at the game. I'm like, man, shit. For say, if I'm Saquon, I'm looking. I'm sitting back like, damn, that was a blessing in the sky that these mofos. Mofos ain't signed me to a long term deal. Could be, um, but what 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 is like? What's up with what's up with the Giants now, man? Where where they go from here, man? You know what? And at some point we're gonna have to have this conversation. But 
when you ask the question, one of you know the biggest disappointments of the year is is probably up there in New York. And I know they've had some injuries with Daniel Jones, uh, but you had Dayball coming off Coach of the Year year. Um, they obviously made a run to the playoffs. Defense looked good. You thought they'd be better. Obviously, you got Saquon back. You thought Daniel Jones and the weapons on that side would be back and better. And it's just been terrible um, all year. Good long. and terrible. It good, good and terrible all season long. And then you see the other things start to unfold, which always kind of happen once the season once the season starts to get away from a team like this. You see shit going on in the sideline. Some veteran player, I think Xavier McKinney came out and was saying, like, you know, some things uh, aren't going right. It won't, won't feel this, won't feel that. Day ball, you see the wide receivers getting into it on the sideline. Uh, so it's tough right there in New York. I'm not sure where where they go. I think I would I would think at least they give Dayball another year. Um not saying he deserves it or doesn't deserve it, but I think he will get another year to kind of, you know, get things going in the right direction up in New York. But it's not looking good. And it seems like this season's pretty much uh gotten away from him at this point. It is what it is. This season's pretty much you start planning them them, them January Cabo trips <laughs> at this point. But 49-17. The only question here is which way did you go in this spread? This is the biggest spread. Probably seen this I, year. I, I went with the Giants. I went with yeah. the Giants. You know, I, I figured, you know, Giants and I mean, you know, the NFC East, they they battle each other. They, they it's always tight games, yeah. tough games. So uh granted that, you know, had the third string quarterback, I thought it was still they still would come out and and and, and compete. But, yeah. Uh it, it got ugly really, really quick in this game, man. So yeah, it got the L on that one. Yeah, me too. I thought the Giants would at least make it. I didn't think close, but 17 and a half. I said, all right, maybe I maybe I'd get him on the hook with a little backdoor cover. But nope, never got close. Never happened. Um, Thursday night football kicked off this week. It was a rough one. Uh, but the Bears found a way to get a win. They won 16-13. Uh, which other game happened? Oh, Seahawks, Commanders. Um, Seahawks, Commanders, that was a good game. Uh, how down? Yeah, got him a touchdown late. Gino got the ball back, a couple passes. I think it was five and five in the last drive, but a couple big passes to uh, DK Metcalf that got him into scoring range. Kicked a walk-off field goal, which was one of five walk-off field goals with uh, with game time expiring, which is an NFL record. So uh, a lot of close games. I know I used to have a football coach that always said, hey, look, these games are going to come down in two minutes. It's going to come down either your defense getting a stop or your offense driving down and getting in the scoring position, which is either a field goal or a touchdown. And, and you look around the NFL, especially around this time of the year, you see a lot of records kind of four and five, five and five, everybody kind of hanging around that middle of the pack outside of a few teams. But um, that's what it is in the NFL. It's close games. It's one possession games. And that's why you always look back on Monday and it's like ah, four or five, six plays that usually would have made a difference um, in that game. But Seahawks find a way to get a tough, tough win. Uh, any, any thoughts or takeaways from that Commanders um, Seahawks game? Um, you talked about. I think it was like that situation of football. I think, um, as you know, sitting in those meetings, the the, the really good coaches, the great coaches, they talk about situation of football. You talked about the four to five plays, but the two minutes, the four minutes, the third down red zone, um, those are, are critical. Whether you offense or defense, and um, you just look at the end of the game and just the way to. The commanders were were playing defense and you know knowing that this is what we have to give up this is where they have to get to it was just you know the coverage just for, for to me just looked real real um real soft but you know uh like you said geno smith and company man they did what they were supposed to do 
yep. and getting into the into that range. But Sam Howe, um, you know, he he's he's looking decent, man. He's looking decent. I, I feel like I thought the commanders would be in a better position um coming into the season uh than what where they are, being that you know, obviously the, the quarterback position, you know, you would have a little bit of question mark. Okay, what is Sam out? How's going to be able to do? But with the talent that he has around him, especially at the wide receiver position, you know, tight end position, um, as well, can get some things done. And then coming in on the defensive side, you were like, okay, that front seven, yeah, um, caused you some problems. So coming into the season, man, I thought the Commanders were would be in a, a, a little different, a better light than where they're at right now. But again, man, Seahawks continuously, you know, Pete Carroll. Um, being able to get the job done, and that's what it. That's what it. That's what it takes. Yeah, coming back um, after last week, which was an embarrassing loss to the Baltimore Ravens, I think thirty-seven-three. You come back, you fight to get a win. So it's always, it always feels good to get a win on Sunday, regardless of who it's against or how it come. Um, and the last one on this screen, the Bucks. Bucks get a two-score win over the Tennessee Titans. Will Levis in his third start, no, second start, third game. Threw around 200, 200 yards, had a pick with a Baker Mayfield, Mike Evans. And I said it before, I said it again. Mike Evans deserves that Larry Fitzgerald, Arizona Cardinals treatment down there in Tampa Bay. Uh, he has been the, the consummate pro down there week in, week out, year in, year out. He's going to show up regardless of who's that quarterback, who's the head coach, who's running the organization. He's going to show up and put up over 1,000 yards and score 12 or more touchdowns. That's just who he's been in the league. He's been consistent. And when we all look back at his career, I'm like, damn, that was an underrated guy. I, I think he's put together a Hall of Fame resume. Um, shout out to Mike Evans, Baker Mayfield, and the Tampa Bay Bucks um, getting a the win. They had a little rough patch they were going through. Uh, but as uh, once again, it's a great, great feeling at this point in the season to get a win and walk off that field with a victory. Nah, that's a fact, man. I agree everything you just said, man. Um <clears throat> For now, man, let's get into it, man. We have some – we talk about those tight games and walk-off uh, field goals, man. Let's really – let's get into it. Let's get into it. The first one, man, uh, AFC North Showdown, man. Baltimore uh, – Cleveland Browns at the Baltimore Ravens, man. Baltimore Ravens came out the gate. They came out the gate and uh, was looking looking, looking good. Mm -hmm. Clicking on all cylinders. Um, offensively, OBJ was getting in the mix, got him a tub. Uh, Lamar Jackson looking good. Um, Cleveland Browns was able to come back from, uh, I think they were down, what, as much as what, like? What? 14 in the fourth. 15? Yeah, it was yeah. 30, 31, 17 in the fourth. Yep. And, um, you know, the Browns, man, was able to get it done. Uh, anything that sticks out to you from, like, the Baltimore Ravens with them give, give it up, you're supposed to be, you know, mm -hmm. uh, one of the best teams in the league. I would say one of the best teams in the league, and you know, divisional yeah. matchup, um, and giving up a 14 point lead in the fourth. You know, Lamar had you know interceptions, like anything. Um, it kind of sticks out to you, um, in in, in this in this one. Just in, 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 in zooming out, this is uh, I think their third loss, and every one of them they've had to lead um at some point. And have a 14 point lead in the fourth quarter, you got to win those games, um, especially at home. You got to, you just, you just have to win those games, especially when you are built how the Ravens are built. They're a physical team on both sides of the ball. Uh, you see Lamar Jackson here, only 13 completions, 13 to 23. 
Uh, he was coming into this game leading, probably still is leading the league in completion percentage. So uh, you got you to just f find a way to finish the game. I know late to have this game almost tied up. You got the batted ball, the line of scrimmage. Greg News from the second comes, picks it off, picks mm -hmm. it, tips and overthrows. We talk about it all the time. Kyle Hamilton actually had a pick six on a ball that he yep. tipped to himself on the first drive of the game, I believe. So um, in these games, once again, these AFC North battles, I think all these teams would be in the playoffs if they ended right now. It's, it's going to come down to a couple plays, two or three plays in these games, and the Browns just made more plays. Deshaun Watson started off rough. Second half, end of the game, I, I believe 14 for 14 to end this game. Found a way to get his team to dub, and then once again had a walk-off um, kick to seal it to go away with a 33-31 to 31 lead. But that's grit, man. That's That's been resilient as a team, find a way to get a dub. And shoot, I believe they are 6-3 and three now. The Cleveland Browns yeah. are. That's a, that's a good spot to be in. And they got spot. a run game. They got an offensive line. They got a hell of a defense. Amari Cooper's been doing his thing all year long. Deshaun Watson just got to stay in there. He got to stay healthy and obviously be the quarterback, um, you know, that they, that they paid for. Uh, and, and that's yeah. where they got to be. And then the Ravens, I think the Ravens will be all right. They got to, they got to, they got to, they got to close the door. This is what's going to separate them from being a really good team to being one of these great teams that's, that can go on and win the Super Bowl. But I think they'll still be all right with how Lamar and that defense is playing um, as well. Any any takeaways from from either of these teams uh, for you? Um, I mean, you mentioned it. You know, you look at the Browns. You know, you look at the Browns and just how they was able to win the game. Like, these are one of those wins that you look back, you know, say the Browns go on a run and be like, yo, that win, that win that we went to Baltimore in their house, divisional opponent, and we were down 14 mm -hmm. um, in the fourth quarter. Like, these are the type of wins that, you know, gives you um, that extra, you know, uh, that extra motivation, that extra, you know, pep in your step, you know, as the season progresses, these are the gritty wins that coaches, players that you like, you know what I mean? Uh, going up going up against a really, really good Baltimore Ravens team. So, uh, as you mentioned, you know, Mari Cooper, and then, you know, you be, Deshaun Watson being able to stay healthy, I mm -hmm. think that's going to really be the, the, the key. Like you said, this defense has been balling. I don't think this defense is still not getting the respect or um, – uh, being talked about like they like they should, but this is a huge, huge win um, for the Browns. But then on you know for the Ravens on the defensive side, um, trying to see like what happened with um, um, Humphrey. You know, yeah. it, it might that might be a big, big, big loss for them. You know, mm -hmm. I think they'll come out and say you know exactly exactly what happened, what the diagnosis was, but. Um, Hey, to see hey those non I hate all injuries, obviously, but them non-contact. Non -contact. Yeah. But to your point, you know, I think Baltimore will be they'll be good, but huge win um for Cleveland. Oh yeah. Big, big win. And now shoot, Thursday night football was the Cincy Bengals. I mean not Cincy and uh Ravens. How they gonna do that? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Bengals Ravens on Thursday night football. So uh that, that that should be a banger with both teams coming off of uh shoot heartbreaking losses. Yeah. Um speaking of Texans Ooh. at Cincy again, the road team getting it done. Um, and I'm gonna let you really really speak on this because you talked about this young man. Yeah, um, you've been talking about him a lot, CJ Stroud. 
And, you know, the thing that I am most impressed is just his composure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just his composure um, throughout the game. Like, it seems like he doesn't get rattled. So, again, like I said, I'm going to leave that for you because I know mm-hmm. you, 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 you've spoken on him a lot. And then just the run game. I think that's what we always talk about. Like, it starts in the trenches, right? So, if you can run the ball, if you got a good defense, man, you got a good recipe to have success mm-hmm. as a football team. Um, but just talk about C.J. Stroud, man, and just like, shit, what he's been doing um, these past couple weeks. Yeah, you mentioned it. The, the composure is is the, the biggest thing that jumps off. And then hearing him a lot of times – uh, talk about because obviously quarterbacks they got to do the press after the game and a lot of time he'll go back in in a good level of detail on some things that were said in the huddle or said on the sideline or something and he and, and that just sheds even more light obviously we can see it on the film he's always composed he's in the pocket he's making reads and in this game you saw him have a little uh you know some ups and downs you saw him throw a pick you saw him have a fumble loss and that's something that he wasn't necessarily doing coming into the game. Uh, but for him to fight through that, continue, it, biggest moment in the game, once again, you get the ball back, drive the team down, get him in field goal range, to have another big kick to win it. But uh, last week, 470 yards in the air, one of the best tapes I've seen, period, especially for a rookie at the quarterback position. And then now, look, again, Nico Collins is out, one of his top receivers, but Noah Brown, it's back-to-back weeks, I believe, for Noah Brown, former Dallas Cowboy receiver, going over 150 yards. So, if you look at this surrounding cast, you know, Tank Dell's a rookie, uh, Nico Brown, Noah Brown, Dalton Schultz, Schultz, good tight end. You didn't have your starting back with Pierce. You had Singletary in there. He still runs for 150. This offensive line, they've done an unbelievable job in Houston. D'Amico Ryans, he's done an unbelievable job in Houston. I don't think anybody had these expectations uh, for the Houston Texans coming into this year. And obviously we know it starts with hitting on that quarterback position. You know, they yeah. tried to, you know, uh, put put a lot of shit out there on C.J. Stroud before the draft as far as his processing ability, the S2 test and all that bullshit. And he's he's done nothing but show up and play. And honestly, not only like a, a rookie of the year level, but he, he's – I've seen a lot of people saying it. I, I'm right on that same page. He's in that MVP conversation when you talk about yeah. playing a quarterback position at the highest level. That's what he's doing. Joe Burrow didn't have a bad game. Uh, he didn't have a bad game at all, I don't think. He made a couple mistakes here and there, but so did C.J. Stroud. Uh, big drop by Tyler Boyd late. And mm. then on that, 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 hurt. that hurt. That hurt. That came back to bite him in the ass. But um, once again, on these Mondays, we look back, we had these walkthroughs or meetings or whatever, and we say, hey, these are the plays that kind of – I mean, all the plays matter, but these were the, the difference-making plays and uh, C.J. Stroud been making them week in, week out. But another another huge, huge win for them and, and a very, very disappointing loss uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals at home. Short week against a divisional rival. So I'm um, excited to watch that game. But um, are you worried about your Bengals? Uh, obviously, they come on, I think, four straight four straight wins before this game. Joe Burrow, once again, you can look at the stats, 27-43, 7 two touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, are you concerned at all with your Cincinnati Bengals? Um, no, I'm not concerned. You know, again, they start the season off slow, but then, like you said, they was able to rally some games off. Um, this was a big, big, big loss at home. Um, one thing that you look at on the stat sheet that you, you gotta improve on is just the run game. Like you have to be able to stop the run. I don't care, you know, what type of offense that you have or who you have on the offensive side of the ball defensively. Um, that's, that's one of the key things you gotta do, be able to stop the run. But, Again, like you said, you know, uh, Jerboro, 
not a, a great game, decent game. Um, I'm, I'm not overly concerned, but because again, you know, you look at the division, Baltimore losing, you know, you got Cleveland, you got Pittsburgh, you know, that, that it could go any um, mm-hmm. which way, but we'll see, you know, um, it's kind of one of them things. It is it is what it is. Monday, we really don't know what it is with the Bengals at this at this at this moment. But I'm not overly uh, concerned. Yeah, man. I hope uh, Hendrickson is all right. He had a, yeah. a like a yeah. weird, you know, after the play. I think Noah yeah. Brown got thrown down, and he wasn't kind of you know paying attention. Rolled up on his lower body. He had to get helped off the field. Obviously, a great player for this defense for a long time. Uh, Luana Romo's defense. I was surprised that uh, the Texans were able to have as much success as they had against a, a well-coached defense like that. But, hey, once again, it says so much about this Houston Texans team, man. Coach of the year right now with D'Amico Ryans, in my opinion, and uh, definitely the rookie of the year with C.J. Stroud. Yeah, shit, eight games left. So, shit, we can, we can... A lot of ball left. A lot of ball left. A lot of ball left. So, you know, a lot of these teams, like you said, middle of the pack. So you can't can't panic just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, while we're talking about the AFC North, who is the best team right now in the AFC North? You got the Bengals at five and four. You got the Cleveland Browns at six and three. Pittsburgh Steelers at six and three. And the Baltimore Ravens at seven and three. So you got three teams with three losses. Um, one team with four losses, as you mentioned right now, if the uh, playoffs will start today, I think all four of these teams, this entire division will be um, in the playoffs. But who do you have at the top team in the AFC North right now? It, first of all, it is nuts that the, the, the Pittsburgh still is a six and three right now. That I mean, that is uh, that's unbelievable with what they've been doing. But uh, if I had to pick one right now, I'll stick with the Baltimore Ravens. I will stick with my preseason Super Bowl pick. Um, I think Lamar Jackson on a week-in, a week-out basis from the beginning of the season until now has been the most consistent and the best quarterback. And then defensively, um, Browns and the Ravens, you know, two best defenses in this division right now. Uh, And the Ravens are right up there. I think the Browns are slightly better. I think Miles Garrett kind of tilts that uh, that scale. But uh, give me the Ravens right now. Um, And they're sitting at 7-3, obviously. But, yeah, give me the Ravens right now as the AFC North top team. What about you? Shit, just because you said it right, I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm going to say the <laughs> Cleveland Browns. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just I'm going to go with the defense. The defense um, playing lights out as we as we get into – as we are in November, as we get into mm-hmm. December, that's going to be one of the keys. Like, can your defense show up? You know, you got Deshaun Watson. Hopefully he can stay healthy and he can, you know, continue to get better week by week. You know, you got Amari Cooper. You got um, some, some weapons over there in Cleveland. So let's see – you know, what Cleveland can do. You know, it's been a while. It's been a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I'll go with Cleveland just because you said Baltimore. All right. There we go. Another game I think a lot of people were looking forward to, but it ended up not being a uh, a good one. Uh, San Francisco at Jacksonville. Um I pick Jacksonville, San Francisco coming off of uh, three loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, say it again. Yeah, three loss. Coming off of uh, three losses, uh, they were able to, you know, Brock Purdy, you know, a lot of people was, you know, talk about Brock Purdy. And, you know, I told you he was this, that, and the third <laughs> or whatever the case may be. 
Um, they got Debo Samuels back. They got Trent Brown back. Who, um, who, who they got? You said what? Who, who they got? That last round, no, Debo Samuels. <laughs> Trent Williams. They got Trent Williams back. <laughs> Buffalo. They got Trent Williams back. Um, so, and they came out, they took care of business. Uh, it looked like exactly what it looked like early in the year. And uh, <clears throat> for me, it just goes to show that, you know, when you have your when you have the crew back together, man, shit, 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 shit works out. You know, not having Debo Samuel where you know you can throw him a, a five yard pass mm-hmm. route, he can take that shit to the crib. Uh, and just having those pieces on the sideline, I just think it brings on uh, the morale, even with the defense. You know, yeah. oh, we got you know we got Trip Williams. You know, I mean, we got Debo. Like, oh, we got the mob back. You know, what I'm saying it just makes everybody uh, play better. And they came out, man. It just they just they just punish. They punish. They punish Jacksonville. And yeah. you know, as a good team, that's what it's supposed to be. Like, all right, well, shit. You you good? We good? We are gonna come out and show y'all, man. But yeah. uh, shout out to the 49ers, man. Getting a, getting a huge win. And and did it did it in their house? You know, yeah. going the road, long trip, obviously for them coming across the country, and then getting that getting that big win. You mentioned it, having the whole gang back together. Not only obviously they're you know supremely talented, Trent Williams and Debo are. But uh, those are two like their tone setters, you know. What I mean, they're gonna come out. They're gonna be the first two off the bus or out of the tunnel with the boombox on. Uh, Trent Williams, man, he he, <laughs> way he get around that edge, man. A man, a man that big is not supposed to be able to move like he moves um, on the field. And the Debo, like you said, Swiss Army knife. Never know where he's gonna line up defensively. That's an issue when you get matchups and things like that. C Mac, C Mac, obviously, uh, damn, they tried to get him his his touchdown to break to break that record. I love when I the team, that too, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the I game was, it was a blowout, and, and some people may feel like, oh, you know, they're trying to run up the score a little bit. But when history's on the line like that, I love to see a head coach and a team, everybody, the players on the same page, and try to get that done for uh, for their guy. Obviously, didn't get done, but I think he's tied with Lenny Moore, former coach. Great, yeah. yeah, with uh 17 consecutive uh touchdown scoring games, uh postseason included. So shout out to C Mac for that feat. But he got 16 carries, another six catches, so he touched the ball enough. And then Brock Purdy, like you said, able to distribute all over the field. George Kittle, another big game. Ayuk, I believe, 55 yards. Uh offensive line together. Now, at, at some point, with the injury rate being 100% in the NFL, at some point you're going to have to do it without the whole gang been there, I think. And uh, so that's something that, you know, Brock Purdy and other quarterbacks got to deal with and is going to have to deal with at some point. Uh, but they got this three-game slide out of the way. They got a big, big, big win on the road, 34-3. I think we all expect this to be one of the games of the week and ended up being a blowout. So San Fran jumped back into my top five. I didn't get a chance to send it in the tone, but uh, they jumped back in my top five for sure. But a very impressive win. And uh, Jacksonville, you know, you just got punched in the mouth. Good football team. I think they had one five straight coming into this one. So I think they would be all right doing the answer. Yeah. Now. It'd be like that. It'd be like that. So two things here. Two things here I want to ask you about. Um, first, the pass rush. Chase Young, Bosa, Woo. Ohio State teammates. They back together in San Fran. Um, is this going to be a huge difference maker um, down the stretch? You got Chase Young, you got Eric Armstead, you got, you know, you got, you got both. Like, is this going to be a, um, are we going to look back on this and say, hey, you know what? 
when they went and got Chase Young, because his defense was already already yep. top notch flying around um on all on all three levels. It's just gonna be one of those, you know, um transactions that we say, you know what, this kind of put the boy <laughs> over the top. I think I think so, because you Chase Young, you know, the only thing that's really slowed him down up into this up um to this point in his career is injuries. And uh he was a number one pick, I mean number two pick for a reason. Number one pick for the commanders. And so was Bosa. So you got two number two picks. I, I mean, I wouldn't even say in their prime yet, but getting towards that point in their career, uh, where yeah, you know, anytime you had those type of dudes, that could be a def big difference, man. I think it will be because even a part of this three-game slot, the defense wasn't producing at their level. They wasn't playing at their level. They weren't causing the turnovers um, like you usually uh, see. Steve Wilkes down on the sideline. Love to see that. I know he had been up into the up in the booth. Uh, Matt Canada, the same thing. He came down to the sideline, maybe just changed energy a little bit, and they've been playing different. They've been playing better, I, I believe, at least. So I think it will be a point we look back and say, damn, they got Chase Young. And, and you always look back at Last year, you know, the Eagles making moves. They got buyered again yeah. this year. So being a buyer kind of around that trade deadline and that team just saying, hey, we, we trying to go all in to get this win, ho hoist this Lombardi this year, we'll deal with whatever comes down the line. I uh, love to see that from San Fran. So I do think this will be a big bump for them. I think uh, secondary-wise, they definitely got to start playing uh, better again. But um, San Fran looked primed to make a run, man, once again. Yeah, and the front and the rush that help the secondary as well, as we Absolutely. always know. That's 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 ties in. Yeah, exactly. Um, Brad Richardson. It's funny you mentioned uh Steve Wilkes um on the sideline. Brad, shout out Brad. He's the day one of um mm -hmm. asking. So coaching from the sideline makes a difference in how <laughs> I think different coaches um like different things. It's crazy. I was in the booth this year. Um, talked about an HBC goal, and that's one of the questions that you know we were asked. Like, are you in the booth? Or are you on the sideline? And then, you know, some court, they be like, you know, um, it's the emotion factor where you in the booth, you can see everything, you can see everything, you can kind of see, you know, what everything is, uh, everything is going, is a, is a, is a safety, is he biting, is, is a, is a, is a D lineman, is he peeking, you know, you kind of see that up there in the booth, but when you're on the sideline, you kind of feel the emotion, the emotions of the game, the emotions of the guys, you can see where you need to go, what you need to do, so, you know, we, I guess we will see. You know, Steve Wilkes coming on the side, like you said, it obviously made a difference yesterday in the long haul. We'll see if it makes a difference in the long run. But mm -hmm. what you think about in your experience as far as D coordinators um, or what you've seen, D coordinators, offensive coordinators, booth versus the sideline, like, do you think it makes that much of a difference? I, I think so. I think as a player, uh, even being able to just run off the field and, and say something to a coach, you know, grabbing, hey, man, this is what I'm seeing, or shit, we need to stop calling that, or whatever, whatever. The, hey, I'm, I'm dealing with this. I got to go holler at the trainers real quick. Whatever that, you know, those all those little micro interactions we have during the game, like you said, just being able to feel it. Sometimes you could just <laughs> look at somebody's body language, and hey. it's much different when it, come on, man, relax. <laughs> it's much different when you're on a coach, you're looking on the field, and the guy's, you know, 20 feet away, as opposed to having that uh, press box view. I understand the advantages that comes with being able to see it from the press box. You see yeah. pretty much the all 22 um, beforehand. It's a completely different vantage point when you are on that sideline. But I just like the the interaction factor. You talked about the emotion, but when somebody's in that booth, you know, they got to call down to the phone and say, hey, you know, get Darius on the phone or get AB on the phone or 
get the quarterback on the phone, whoever it is, as opposed to Bill on that sideline where he could just walk up and talk to the whole DB group or just pull yeah. the DBs and the linebackers and get, hey, we calling this, let's make this adjustment. So it uh, limits some of that, uh, you know, telephone, playing telephone as opposed to just being in it. So if I'm a coach, I would definitely want to coach from the sideline if I'm calling plays. Um, and as a player, I would prefer my coach being on the sideline, especially if you're a veteran player, you like a communicator, and you want to get some things back and forth. Um, so yeah, that that's that's my opinion for sure. And it's it's not even, I mean, it's not even close. Yeah. Um, I mean, what about what as as a play caller? What do you think about the the viewpoint that you that you get? The viewpoints are, are totally different. Yeah. Um, uh, as far as you know, sitting uh, in the booth and versus you being eye level. Obviously, you know, I mean, as a D coordinator, it's gonna be some things that you gonna know, like. I know, oh, I'm going against this offensive coordinator. He comes from this system. He likes to run this. So, you know, I kind of, you know, I, I've called games against him. So, you know, different things. And obviously, you got your, your, your dogs. You know, if I'm a if I'm a D coordinator and I got D Bud as my as my guy, he's a, he may be the the whoever. He mm -hmm. could be in the booth. So I'm trusting in you that we see the same, the similar yeah. things. So I get it. But as a play caller, do you think that's a, a disadvantage or advantage? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, everything, you know, you look at it, pros and cons. So that would be one of the cons. But like you said, I would much rather lean on somebody being up in that booth or shoot, even having another player or another coach on the sideline. That's, hey, you know, uh, they're doing this with this. Hey, I got to read on a on a tackle or this receiver or whatever it is. So, hey, look, these are your jobs on Sundays when it comes to the game because I'm locked in on the game and, and, and being on the same page with my players. I think that's so, so important, not only for offense. We hear about it all the time with offenses and play callers and who's in the quarterback's ear and all that stuff. But as coaches, man, like I feel like players, you always say players take on the identity of coaches. Yeah. Uh, being on the sideline is a part of that. It's been it's running off the field and, you know, slapping, slapping somebody on the head or – Jumping up and chest bump, bumping somebody, so I think those pros, pros, outweigh the cons uh, of being in the in the booth for sure. So um, obviously it's one game we've seen it. I think, I think it's the first game Wilkes has been on the sideline, maybe two. Uh, I think two games with Matt Canada and Pittsburgh, and you've seen the difference. I think at least, but um, I think for sure it's a, it's a pro for the players um, and, and the coaches. All right, man. Shout out to the Niners, man. Getting a big win on the road down in Duval County against the Jags. Um, one of your teams, man, uh, took an L yesterday. Man. But I feel like the football world is they. I think we're loving what we're seeing with the Detroit Lions. Whether you're a Lions fan or not, I think you know you. I think we all feel sorry for Lions fans and the Lions organization. Just how bad and shitty they've been all these years. Um, an another. Big win, man. 41-38 against your mob, one of your mobs. Um, golf, I mean, I don't think people are talking about him enough. You know, I think you mentioned him earlier this year, of, you know, being one of those guys in the league at the position. Um, St. Brown, he's been quietly balling. Man, uh, consistent. Shit, Gibbs, Montgomery, I like that one-two punch. Um, but then you know, you look at the charges, man. Herbert, you look at the stats, man. Shit, 27 for 40. Uh, he he did he did some good things. Yeah. Like uh I'll say lions are in my 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 top five. Yeah, me too. Lions are in my top five. Uh are you worried at all about 
your charges? Yes. Yes, a- absolutely. I'm 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 very worried about about these charges. Um everybody knows how I feel about Justin Herbert. Still feels that way. Um there are some some moments in in games over his career, especially late in the games where he's made some bad plays, turned the ball over, but uh, he 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 hasn't been the reason this team is sitting where they sit right now. You see it up here, 323, four TDs, one pick. Keenan Allen had another unbelievable game. Um, off you you put up 38 points. You you're supposed to win that game. You right. gotta win that game, especially, you know, Brandon Staley got this job as being, you know, being a defensive mastermind, quote unquote. Um, so yeah, he he he, you know, Brandon Staley in Cole, because it's players too. Players got to figure it out on that defensive side of the ball and get it done. But you put up 38 points at home, uh, you should get a victory. Uh, now the Lions, good offenses, good players. This is one of them, you know, and they just kept answering. This is one of those back and forth games. Who gonna have the ball last and get, you know, get a field goal or a touchdown to win it? And the Detroit Lions did that. Jared Goff, once again, he's been, he's been great this year. You know, wire to wire, St. Brown, you mentioned him, one of those kind of under-the-radar receivers yeah. on the grand scheme of things. Nobody's going to put him on the top five or top seven or top ten list coming into the year. But every week, he's going to um, he's gonna produce. And you mentioned the Thunder and Lightning back there with Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. So they got everything. Now, I, I'm slightly concerned with the Lions' defense. You know, started off really, really hot the first five, six week in the, weeks of the season. They've kind of fell fell off a little bit um, in these last few weeks. Mentioned the thirty eight points. Uh, that, that that's tough for a defense. So when you're playing a good quarterback like the Lions will be, especially down the stretch, will that defense be able to hold up? But offensively, culture wise, uh, I mentioned D'Amico Ryan's earlier. I think they hit a home run uh, with Dan Campbell as well at that head coach position. Shout out to Brad Holmes, what he's doing as the GM, putting yeah. this team together. So I'm loving what I'm seeing from the Lions. Slight concern hey, about the defense. Long, Hey, there we go. There we go. Yeah. Uh, so I'm loving what I'm seeing uh, from the Lions. Concerned what's going on around Justin Herbert and the L.A. Chargers. But, um, man, this is a good it game. It is what it is, man. It's- what they need to do with Staley, man. It is what it is Monday. Let the people know, D-Buck. What do they need to do out there in the chart? It is what it is. Don't hide your face in your hands. Let the people he, know, man. What, what's got- up? He got he got to finish this year out. He got to finish this year out. Then, oh, after, and then a, a, you know, a, oh. after the year, after the year, you look back at everything. You obviously have a conversation with him after this year. After the I season, mean, after the season, you, you have a conversation with him. You you lay it all out, and then you either move on or you move forward with some changes. But uh, Kellen Moore, uh, first year offensive coordinator. Obviously, you're dealing with some injuries over there. I feel like Chargers always are. Um, you missed on J.C. Jackson, shipped him out after paying them big money, um, and you're obviously not getting the production you need from the guys, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So some things going to have to change, man, but uh, a lot of ball left. Uh, still got a chance, obviously, to make the playoffs this year. And you got, shoot, one of the best young quarterbacks in the league uh, right now with Justin Herbert. So, um, man, they got a hey, Staley. Yeah, the seat getting warm. The seat, the seat is warm. It's, it's, it's on by the – and that eye on that other that, that front right eye is about about a four and a half right now. So uh tighten up, man. But uh big win, big, big win uh for the Detroit Lions. Facts, facts, facts. And um last night, <clears throat> Sunday night football, Las Vegas Raiders. And the only reason why this game is up here is because of Antonio Pierce. It's the <laughs> only reason why this game is up here. 
this game should have and would have been in with the other games on the graphic. But I'm like, Tone, put put this as, as its own graphic. 16-12 um, in Vegas. But Antonio Pierce, interim head coach right now, former uh, middle linebacker for the New York Giants. Oh, yeah. And they talked about how, you know, since he's you know taken over, man, just how the guys are believing um, in him, what he talks. And we talk about it all the time. As grown men, you sit in the meeting room, you sit down in those chairs, and when that man in front of you speaks, as a man, you got to believe what that man is saying. Yeah. We can read through the bullshit. We can be like, no, you know what, coach? You you full of shit right now. You know what I mean? But, all right, just what you're saying. I'm a rock. We can go, all right, whatever. But when you got somebody up there standing in front of you and you truly, truly and believe what he's saying, it's like, all right, dog, like, we got to go out here and we got to win for my guy. And, again, I think this is what it's kind of – been with the Raiders. And this is not the first time this happened with the Raiders. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No. They had an interim coach, you know, who came in and guys played hard for him. Rick Basaccia. Facts, facts. And they played hard for him. And they decided to go elsewhere. And, you know, you see where we at. Another year with an interim head coach. Maybe they'll learn from the past. But the guys are out there playing hard for um, Antonio Pierce. The only reason this game is here <laughs> is because he's a former player and he's getting the job done. So far, with the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, man. Shout, shout out to AP, man. Uh, everyone that speaks on him say the same things. You know, leader of men. And obviously, he got these guys uh, rolling. You see, he said, hey, look, I ain't, I, ain't, I ain't no dummy, man. Get the ball to Devontae. Find a way to get the ball to Devontae. Um, but just that team, the whole vibe, seeing them, you know, rocking with each other, celebrating after after another win in the locker room with the guards and everything. Like you said, we'll see if, uh, if Mark Davis, obviously, you know, a lot of ball left. We'll see how it continues to go over there in Las Vegas. But we'll see if Mark Davis has learned from his past mistakes. I think it, from uh, most football people, when you saw Rick Passaccia did as an interim head coach, with everything that was going on with the, the the Raiders at the time off the field during that season, for him to kind of write that ship and have him finish, they wouldn't got a a playoff a playoff berth. I don't think they won. They made it off to the Bengals, I think, that year. But uh, got to the playoffs, man. So that was huge. But happy for those guys in Vegas and obviously happy for former Super Bowl champ Antonio Pierce. Facts, facts. Uh, tonight, Monday night preview, man. We got all the, the Denver Broncos at the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Woo! Bills, a seven-point favorite, man. Um, over under 47 and a half. Where are you leaning to uh, for, for tonight's game? But hey, before we even do that, man, how you feel about the Bills right now, man? Because coming into the year, I think both. How of you us feel about who? The Buffalo Bills. As far as just a, a team, you know, the quarterback position, Josh Allen. Obviously, that's where it always starts. Head coach John McDermott, like obviously Leslie Leslie Frazier is out of the building now, so you know McDermott is is you know taking over play calling duties. But how do you feel about this? Buffalo Bills team, before we even get into this, this game preview. Not feeling it, D-Butt. Um, I thought this would be like one of the teams, as in past years, that would be um, fighting for that AFC nod. Um, I don't see it this year. Man. I don't see it. You know, you start with the, the quarterback position, man, and we talk about how much talent he has, um, and we can't give him no – you can't give him a pass. Like, he no. – he, he, and you and you talked about it. You you you've talked about it a lot. Just how much he turned a lot the ball of heat over too. 
Yeah, yeah, man. So again, you know, it starts there at the quarterback position, man. Um, he has to play better. He has to play more consistent. Again, yeah, we can care. We can talk all we want about how much talent he has, but he has to show that that talent has to show um, a, a lot more. You know what I'm saying? And when it comes down into the big moments, man, he got to be able yeah. to protect that ball and make those big time plays. So. Um, as a person who coming into this season, as you mentioned, thinking that the Buffalo Bills would have been one of them, one of them teams, mm -hmm. I'm not saying it right now. I'm not saying yeah. it. Oh, shoot, all right. Well, you go ahead, man. You go ahead and make the make the pick first. Um, I, and I feel I'm the same way. I'm gonna go with, <laughs> I'm gonna go with Buffalo tonight against Denver, but you know, I'm talking about just you know in the in the. Mid seat, midway, midway point, eight games left. I, I'm just not, and it's just because they're going against the Denver Bronco. But Denver, I ain't gonna front them. Quiet as kept. Give me the Broncos, you know? man. Give me the Broncos. And Russell Wilson, he, you know, a lot has been said about him coming in this year. I think he's been playing solid this year. Uh, surrounding cast, you know, some questions there defensively started off. Terrible, you know, especially giving up that 70-burger to my Dolphins. But I believe Kareem Jackson is back tonight, too. I hope he's back. Um, Sertain, I would love to see Sertain at least going to Stephon Diggs' side of the football. I know in today's football, yeah, it's, hard. One. Yeah, it's, hard, it's hard to get those, you know, those matchups you kind of used to get with, with, you know, it'll be two big dogs locking horns um, all game long, but I would like to see those guys matched up at least a few times. But um, give me the Denver Broncos tonight. Uh, plus 280 right now, money line. I may take the points. Make, give, me them, give me them seven. Give me a touchdown. This is a big spread, and I do not believe in the Buffalo Bills right now. As a squad, um, I just feel like they having, like, identity issues. Leaving the Denver Broncos. I believe in them to cover tonight. So I'm giving it a plus seven. And you know what? To go against you, I am taking the Denver Broncos money line on prime time. It will be just, you know, it just feel like how this season has been going. But uh, if the Buffalo Bills do drop this one tonight, be interesting to see what, what's going on over there. But uh whew, rough, tough slam for them. Just a lot of a lot of this, I feel like with Buffalo. Came out obviously losing. Opening night against the uh, the Jets on prime time. Then they came out, blew out a few teams, and then just kind of been stank up and down since then. So uh, give me, let's ride, let's ride. I'm going with Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos tonight. Let's go, fellas. Get a big, big. All right, all right, all right. Big Before winner. we get out of here, obviously we gotta leave y'all with our power rankings up to this point. Um, last game of the week, and I'll start off with mine. Ooh, number one, Philadelphia Eagles. I'm going down with the Philadelphia Eagles. Number two, I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs again, Patrick Mahomes. I'm gonna see what this, you know, you know, Travis Kelsey, man, you know, he, he out there doing his thing with his new shawty. Bro, is that Argentina on the bye week? You see him. You see him, no. But um, the, that defense, man, that defense is balling as well. Um, Detroit Lions, man, they still here, man. I'm, I'm happy to see it. Like I said, I'm not a Lions fan, but I love to see um, just the new culture. We talked about a lot of former players over there on that coaching staff. Um, they, they, they've been playing good ball. Um, Miami Dolphins um, at four. Another one of uh, Darius Butler's teams. 
And then um, San Francisco 49ers uh, at five. You know, we talked about the three-game slid. They was able to get a big-time win in Duval uh, yesterday. They got the mob back. They got everybody back. So hopefully we'll see uh, more of what we saw early in this year. But that's my top five. Philadelphia uh, one, Kansas City two, Detroit three, Miami four, San Fran five. It's a good five. It's a solid five right there. And I will uh I tried to send it in. The service was acting janky. Hey, there we go. There we go. There we go. There we go. So uh obviously, um, before I even get to the top five, no, Dolphins not in it. They make it right now. They gotta fight and claw their way back into it. And they gotta beat a good football team to get back into my top five. And I think they will. But starting from the bottom, the Detroit Lions, another gritty, gritty win. Once again, have some concerns defensively with Jared Goff, that offense, Dan Campbell. I love what they got going on with the brand new Lions at the number four spot. One of AB's former teams, San Francisco 49ers, as he mentioned, had a three-game slide coming in. And I think before that three-game slide, they probably were at the top of both our power rankings with how they were rolling on both sides right. of football. But um, adding Chase Young on the defensive side, getting healthy on the offensive side, uh, this, this San Francisco 49ers team is as good as anyone in the league right now. Baltimore Ravens. Tough loss yesterday. Uh, we're in my we're number one in my power rankings last time we were on, but slid down to number three. So there go the Ravens there at three. Kansas City Chiefs find a way to win. You know, it's not pretty offensively. Travis Kelsey, you know, he he jet set right now. He on tour. I think he'll be back. Hopefully, Taylor Swift will be in the building. So my dog can um, you know, get back to you know his his five, six, seven. Catches 200 yards, couple touchdowns, his ways. But Chiefs are at the number two position in my power rankings. And then at the top, the team that just keeps finding a way to win. And Harry Roseman somehow keeps finding a way to make this roster a little bit better. The Philadelphia Man. Eagles are right there on top of my power rankings. I believe the Eagles and the Chiefs might play next week. I, I, I believe. And I think Chiefs are two and a half point favorites in that game right now. I can't wait for that one. But there we go. Eagles, Chiefs, Ravens, Niners, Lions. That wraps up both of our power rankings. There you go. There you go. I like it, man. That was a good five. And before we get out of here, before we get out of here, we have some football, man. It's an emotional game. It's an emotional game. And, you know, at times, you let your emotions, you know, get the best of you, man. Whether it's a, you know, Good way or bad way. But do we have any video? Do we have any video of these guys? We we seen oh, these guys, man. Emotional game. We do, we do. Here you go. First, you know, we got Caleb Williams, young guy, you know, husband, trophy winner. Oh, so after that Washington loss. And they, that's a, that's a, you see the shoulders jumping, bouncing. That's a, hey, <laughs> you got the shoulder bouncing. <laughs> hey, woo, that's coming from the core right there. That shit hurt right there. Hey, that's, that's one of them, that's one of them good crap. I don't know if I ever cried in, in public like that. I don't. I know hey, I, done got, I done got an ass whooping back in the day, hey, and I know hey, it was one of them Jones. You go up to the room, you laying on the bed, you know, snot coming out your nose, and, you know, you doing one of them I, hate I ain't seen one of them shits in a minute. <laughs> I hate this, huh? I mean, hey, man, look, man. I, look, 
And this all this the man to man part. Okay, so this family here. I don't know. Keep it a buck. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how many platforms I would say this on, but hey, this home, this 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 our shit right here. Um, emotions, like you said, it's an emotional game. You know, nothing's wrong with men crying, women crying, whoever you got to let it out, let it out. <clears throat> but as a quarterback, not even as a quarterback, but as a quarterback, because I'm thinking, hey, look, this is supposed to be the guy that's winning them one pick, gonna be leading a franchise. Man, take your ass in the locker room and cry, man. Cry on the way to the tunnel. Cry with your helmet on, walking off head. Damn, damn was he crying? Oh, he hurts it. Look, I love that the game means that much to him, especially with everything that he's accomplished, you know, with the, like you mentioned, Heisman, probably been in the one pick, all these different things. I love that a loss still means that much to him. But come on, man, jumping your ass in the stands, crying, cr going to cry in mommy lap. I, my, my old girl, I'm going to tell you right now, Sabrina Butler, man, she would have been. Get, don't get your ass in that locker room. <laughs> you doing, man? Try the locker. We got the draft coming up in a few months. Come on, Caleb. Come on, man. Nah, like I, I said, most is part of it, it and that that. But and especially if I'm drafting the guy to lead a locker room full of men, like nah, you're not jump your ass in the crying, crying, crying on mommy lap. Uh, I'm, um, nah, ah, that's just how I feel about it. I don't mind crying. I've cried after a loss. I've, you know, I look, it's an emotional game. You put a lot into this shit, but jumping up in the stands, crying on mommy lap. And so I just want to go home and cry with my dogs and shit. Mm. I don't know about that. Well, how you, how you feel about that, AB? 14 year yeah, NFL. I, I, got, I got similar sentiments. You know what I mean? Like I said, this is an emotional game. And you never know when the emotion is going to hit you. Like, you, you know, yeah. You never know when it's going to hit you. But again, like you said, like, I, Nah, you know when that crap, and you cry like that, you know that's that shit boiling. That, you know, but that, but maybe, maybe you, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he did. Maybe he, maybe he felt the, maybe he felt that he was about to about to cry. He had a. You know, he went up to mom. He, he, you know, what I'm saying he went up to mom, and then it's that's all when, right, baby. You know, you get in mom arms, and then that's when you just like you just lose it, like you know, what I'm saying you can't say nothing, you Man. can't talk, you know, so. But again, I, I'm with you though. Like you know, again, go go to the locker room or whatever. But like you say, it, it shows that he cares. It shows that he cares. I do so like you can, that. You can take that either way. You can take mm -hmm. that either way. Um, I just know, you know, I, I just me personally, I know I wouldn't have. I've I done got a lot of butt women's on the field and some tough losses. I'm just not, you know, I'm not gonna do that. But you know, each his own. Exactly. And then, now this one right here now. <laughs> what? I want to thank the Lord. I want to thank Coach Harbaugh. I fucking love you, man. I love the shit out of you, man. I want to thank the Lord. I want to thank Coach Harbaugh. I fucking love you, man. I love the shit out of you, man. Oh, now, like, I... They cut it off. He, he started thinking, like, three, four... Three, four, hey, what's his hey, name, this, man? This is, this is my shot. This is, this is my chance. Now, you know, again, and they was acting like Harbaugh was like, Harbaugh about to go do a bid or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like the judge just gave Harbaugh 37. Facts. Or, or, or like, he just, or, man, Harbaugh's still alive. He's still breathing right now, but hey. He got a shot, man. Offensive coordinator for the for the 
Michigan Wolverines. For those of you who don't know, maybe have been following the college game, uh, he was suspended, uh, you know, amongst the allegations and investigation with uh, Connor Stallion, stealing signals, you know, all these different type of things. Offensive coordinator got a shot to be the head coach against Penn State, and uh, they went on to win the game. I think he called like 30 straight runs, too, to uh, in the game. Uh, and was very emotional uh, after the game. It was uh, it was a sight to see that. I mean, that was what, what what's your <laughs> what's your thoughts on that one, man? I mean, I mean, yeah, emotional. Maybe he didn't think he, he was gonna call a hell of a game like that. But I, I I don't know, bro. I it just I nah, I don't get it. I don't I don't. I don't I don't know the guy neither. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what he's been through. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what he's overcome. But that was my thing. Then, I, I love Harbaugh. Like, bro, like he not you he, he, he probably in the locker room. Oh, you love you, man. <laughs> oh, you love you, man. Shout out to, to this is birthday, man. Hey, what's my man name that uh went and uh got them signs, sold them um signals and shit? Connor Stallions. Hey, Alleg- shout out, Connor. Hey, you need a count on your on your mob, hey, man. Hey, Connor, hey. and then told him, boy, hey, I ain't got I ain't got shit to say to y'all folks, man. I ain't got, hey, I ain't got shit to Connor, man. And you ain't seen him since. Yeah, ain't seen man, her from out the since, man. I don't got no information for you. You know what I'm saying? I, I did that on my own. You know what I'm saying? Like, what Hardball you want? Ain't no shit. Hardball ain't no nothing. Hey, shout out Connor, man. You you ain't cheating. You ain't trying, man. <laughs> He ain't gonna be the first and he ain't gonna be the last. I'm gonna tell you that much. That's a fact, man. But um man, it's been it's been a good college season too. I Michigan, I think, you know, they look like the best team to a lot of people. Georgia just had a convincing win. Bama one loss their shit. They they'll be playing Georgia in the uh SEC championship. So we'll see uh what's going on there. But uh <clears throat> Ohio State, Marvin Harrison Jr. is an absolute oh. dog. Florida State. They whooped on my hurricanes, um, you know, this past Saturday. So a lot of good football going on, um, you know, on the college scene. How was your uh, past weekend, this past weekend in the booth for you? It was good, man. I was selling um, the crew before you jumped on, man. It was my last one, man. So okay. we were down in Daytona Beach, man. But um Cookman versus Alabama A&M, man. And so it was a good one, man. Got to see one, um, one of my old HBCU alum guys, Nick Collins, man. Ooh. He's back at his alma mater, man, coaching the corners over there. So had a good conversation with him. So it was good, man. Like I said, my first year in the booth, man. Learned a lot. Learned a lot about myself, man. Just in you know different atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, it was uh, it, it was a it was a good time. Good time. That's what's up, man. Congratulations. One one year, one year under your belt in that booth. Obviously, a completely different world. I'm sure you learned something. Right. To every every week, every game it was a different experience. Probably probably much like your rookie year on the field. Sometimes that shit just spinning head, and then at some point you get comfortable in there. But shout out, man! Congratulations! So I know I speak for the whole man to man crew when we say we're proud of you. Keep killing, appreciate you, bro, you, man. But um, yeah, that, that's that's fun. This this college season <clears throat> pretty much winding down. Got a lot of championship games coming up, and obviously the NFL mm-hmm. season is right in the thick of it. So. It's football. NBA just kicked off. We got college basketball and kicked off. Um, it's a good time to be a sports fan. It is. It is. And shit, before we get out of here, you talking about college football. Shoot, Jim Nagy, man. Um, these all-star games. Now juniors, you know, 
juniors on the classmen allowing um, them to participate in these games. Now, that's going to be huge. I mean, huge for the juniors, but then even on the flip side for the seniors, some of those seniors that were going to get that call might not get that call. You that's know what tough. I mean? So it's, it, it is. It is tough. So on both sides, man, it's kind of, you know, one of those things. But I think it's I think it's the right thing to do, though. I don't know, man. When I first saw it, I'm like, oh, this is dope, you know, because we Senior Bowl week and these All-Star games, not only just the Senior Bowl, but these All-Star games that week of practice. And a lot of times you're around the, the pro coaches, you're around other players, you compete. And I know for a guy like me, I went to UConn, so it wasn't like a football powerhouse, but I, I enjoyed being on the same field with the bigger name schools and players to kind of show um, that I was on that same level. <clears throat> but, like, I feel like the guys, especially the seniors, like, those guys needed more than the underclassmen. If you if you declaring as a, as a junior, true, true. Oh, you know what I mean. What it is uh, now? Maybe if you're dealing with an injury, you want to show that you're healthy or whatnot. But for you to be taking those spots from the seniors, um, I mean, I I, I get from their standpoint, but I, I don't like it. it's kind of it's kind of like the transfer report and what it's doing to a lot of these high school recruits. Like it's it's just no, tough for cats to come out of high school now and get these big time scholarships because you're grabbing, you know, 15, 20 guys out of the portal. So definitely got mixed feelings about it, but you know, it, things change and I guess you got to get used to that. But uh, I, I just hate it for, like you mentioned, those probably five, 10 seniors who now won't get that call, uh, you know, from the guys, but I like, I, I like to see it. It's always changed. So we'll see how long this stays the case and, uh, or if it ever goes back, but, uh, that is nah. a huge change on the college landscape for sure. <clears throat> nah, for sure. But you, you brought up a good point. You brought up a good point, especially like for the, you know, the HBCU guys who's kind of on that tweet that like, you know, Josh Williams, Josh Williams, cornerback uh, from uh, Fayetteville State. Yep. Uh, now he's, you know, Kansas City Chiefs. He got that call. So if this rule would have been in there, would he have had that opportunity? So you do bring up a very, very valid point. So. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see, man. Uh, before we get up out of here, I have our read. Okay. How many Just times? That, shoot, I'm doing it live, so shit. You're going to see right <laughs> now. I got to start over. I got to start over. Y'all got to rock with me. Uh, but <laughs> shout out to FanDuel. Wait, hold on. This might be... Da, 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 da. Yeah, you, I don't know if this is an updated one. But let me read this one. Let's take that down just to be safe. <clears throat> Scroll early. That score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets when your first $5 money line bet wins. So I guess you got to make a $5 money, money line bet and then get $150 in bonus bets. If you've been thinking about joining the FanDuel, there's no better time to get into the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including but not limited to spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash M2M Live. That is M2M Live. and Kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. So there we go. The Man of Man Pod is presented by, by FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook. 21 plus. It's select state's first online real money wager only. Refund issued as a non-withdrawable free bet as it expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. You got a gambling problem? Call 
gambler or visit fanduel.com backslash RG. That's in Colorado, Iowa, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, and Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342-NAZ. 1-88-789-777 or visit ccpg.org backslash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. And then 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467369 in New York, Tennessee. Red line. All right, 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming, or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. That was kind of like, okay. like one and a half. Whooping that ass a little early in the joint, but you, you bounced back. One and a half. It's all good. Hey, look, as y'all always know, it's Monday, man. Y'all get y'all 30 minutes in. Health is wealth. Do something. It's getting cool outside. Uh, well, in some parts cool. of the world. Definitely. Um, in some parts of the world, uh, getting 30 minutes in, walk, sweat. Shit, man. Y'all put them by, get them vitamins in, get it, start early. Start early. There you go. Wake up call with some apple, lemon, ginger, some cayenne. And there you go. Mm-hmm. Man, we appreciate y'all as always. Tap it in with us. Y'all catch D button um, and the guys, man. Mm. ESPN on YouTube. Yes, sir. Always doing their thing, man. We gone. Go. So bad, must be the hustler in me that keep my foot on the gas. When you got it from nothing, then hard times ain't so bad. Just know I'm coming for everything that they said I couldn't have. I put my life inside it. Yeah, I kept it silent. Yeah, I played the field. That's how I feel about it. We put numbers on the board. We always up the score. Yeah, we stuck to the plan and never ran. Now they can't see man, man. Yeah, we talking. Man, oh man, they can't guard me. Man to man, they don't wanna see us. Man to man, they don't know how to beat us. Man to man, 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 man to